0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We call whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need
1: robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Whistleblowers Podcast. I'm your host Mark Smith. I'm here as ever with ex-professional footballer. Journeyman—is that rude to call you a journeyman, Martin Gritton?
0: I think I got the point of referring to myself as a journeyman, Martin. So <laughs> don't—I certainly do you, not take any insult in that. Do
1: you know you are—you're a journeyman podcaster? I've heard you on all sorts of things.
0: <laughs> just get about, mate. Just you know—it's—it's—it's know. a—it's it's, it's a, it's a hobby. But I'm putting far too much energy into it for a hobby. It's not you know. Yeah. Just, it's, there's it's only so many. T- only so far <laughs> these stories will go.
1: <laughs> yeah, the same story six times. That's all right. The film directors do that. You can do it. Uh, and joining us this week, there's no Gareth this week, Martin. Gareth's currently on his way to America. He's hit the big time. I oh, what's going on there, but he's, he's off for this week at least. He's uh, so in his place. Who better to bring in than Sam Pilger, friend of the show, been on the show numerous times before. He is a football writer, journalist. Uh, Man United fan, would you call yourself a Man United fan? Or would you just say you write a lot about Manchester United? Manchester
2: United fan, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, the fandom came before the writer.
2: That's why I write about them because I'm a fan. Yeah. That's a
1: dream job then. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes uh, sense then. If we if we've got Sam Pilger here, Grits. We probably would have done this anyway, but I think we're gonna have to talk about well, the, all the games this weekend, but we're gonna talk about United against Newcastle. Normally we wouldn't do this. Saturday, three o'clock, United against Newcastle, who cares? But this time <laughs> round, there's a certain number seven back in the building. Uh Sam, first of all as a United fan, talk me through what that means to you to have him back in the building. And secondly, as a more professional Man United journalist, uh, talk about what you think it means for the club going forward, at least for this next season or two.
2: Well, I mean, I think yeah, it, it taps into the sort of fandom of, of, of really exciting. I think um, my 16 uh, year old son Louis, who, who has, has previously been a guest on 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 the Whistleblowers, I think Absolutely. he's summed up the, the journey of United fans. Um, because um, even though he was four when United uh, when Ronaldo left, left United, there's still that huge pride that one of the greatest players, some would argue the greatest player to have played the game, played for United, and he's loved watching it. Real Madrid and Juventus soon, since, and he had a poster of Ronaldo, a small poster up on his wall, which um, I fished out of the bin, um, <laughs> uh, and, and at uh, about three o'clock on. On Friday, when it when um, <laughs> um, when uh, he, he yeah, and he he, he he sent some rude tweets about Cristiano, who we absolutely loved. But there was this sense of betrayal when he thought they were going to City, and he, he lived yeah. it. I'm sort of old enough to think, oh, I've seen it before, and, and this sort of thing happened. So um, yeah, oh, hang so- on. let me let
1: me pull you up there, son. Let me pull you up yeah. there because you've watched United for many years. Me and Grits, big big football fans. We've between us, we think we've seen it all. But I've got to say that Friday where it went from being Ronaldo's nailed on to go to City to then seeing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer talk about, oh, you know, we're here for you, and me thinking, oh, that's a bit pathetic. And then within about two hours, you know, he sounded... that, was, that was a roller coaster for me as someone who's not even a United fan. I don't have a dog in this fight, and yet I was exhausted by the end of that.
2: Yeah, no, no you're right. I mean, I think, I think we all... I, I had friends in Australia who went to bed Thinking Ronaldo was signing for Manchester City, and and, and because of the, the, the time difference, woke up and he signed for United, and they were just completely freaked out. Um, but yeah, we saw it happen in in, in real time. Um, I, I, I think there was it was it was old fashioned pride. United could not afford to see Ronaldo come back to the Premier League and City pull on a blue shirt; it would have tarnished his legacy. Um, um, and 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 it was uh, you know that they were triggered by, by by City really you know Ronaldo had been offered to United and lots of clubs in in June in mid July they all passed with his wages they didn't think he would leave Juventus and when they realised he was serious and he would have gone to City that's the thing about the romanticism of coming back to Old Trafford the horrible truth is for United fans he would have and he's a professional. And he thinks, well, I, I want to win the Champions League again. I want to win the Ballon d'Or again. City give me a great opportunity. Where else am I going to go? And um, until United stepped in, and and and, uh, and 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 he went there. But yeah, it was incredible because yeah, he was announced as United player at five o'clock. But the only the rumours started coming out only about lunchtime. So you're, you're yeah, right, like two o'clock. Yeah, yeah,
1: a big few hours. Uh, Grits, as a, as a, a fan of, uh, I guess the Premier League right, as a fan of the Premier League. Does this mean anything to you or do you just not care? This game on Saturday, Newcastle, 3 o'clock. It's not on TV. There's a lot of debate around that. Do you give a shit about this? Well, I, well primarily professionally I do because um, now I'm working at London Stadium. His
0: first televised match will be against West Ham. Is that
1: correct? Oh, the big time. Big time uh, grits. So, you, you made this happen, yeah. didn't you?
0: Well, it's, inter- no, it's interesting. And i have just gone back to the City point that that real sort of sliding doors moment. Um, in a season where the Premier League's had to wrestle back a bit of dignity and, and respect from, you know, the, the Super League and just the romanticism, as Sam said, uh, absolutely spot on. And it just makes every makes this game such a incredible one. Uh, you know, I do hope uh, Sam, what's the what's the SP on him getting a run out on against Newcastle because he's, he's back in training at the minute.
2: That's right. Yeah. No, he, he sort of jumped the quarantine a bit because he was let go early by Portugal. He's going to have three full training sessions. Um, so, yeah, there is there is a, there is sort of informed word that he might start on the bench and, and come on and uh, or, or he might do a varan and walk to the centre circle with the shirt and then sit on the bench and then come on. But, yeah, I mean, you saw him against Ireland and he will have had three full training sessions you know he, he 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 can start, and you know obviously Dan James has you know cleared some space for him. So uh...
1: well, it's funny you bring that up, Sam, because I, I was when he signed, I thought, well, it's nailed on. He's he's the number nine. He's he's not as he's still mobile, but he's not as mobile as he was. But since that, I've seen all sorts of articles saying he's going to play off the left hand side, he's going to play off the right. To me, it's it's like it's it's pretty straightforward. You you, you minimize the problems you might have with that squad if you stick him up front as a number nine. If you start playing him on the left, you've got Pogba, you've got Rashford. On the right-hand side, you've got, you know, new £72 million man Jaden Sancho and others, Greenwood, who can play there. Surely he's got to play up front. Where, where do you see him playing?
2: Yeah, I, I see him playing up up front. That's why there was, you know, Cavani looked to try and get out as soon as he realised Ronaldo was coming in because he's the a direct replacement. Uh, I think the club... Um, yeah, had he had? I think he. I think Cavani priced himself out of a move to, to Barcelona and so on. He was asking for too much money. Obviously, they don't have the, much. money. The wrong yet. club to be asking that. <laughs> <for>. The wrong <laughs> club to be trying it on for at the moment. Absolutely. But um, uh, so yeah, he, 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 that's where he's played primarily for Juventus. Obviously, he. he you know, his next birthday is thirty-seven. Um, but he, he he's a bit of a. You know, uh, his physique is amazing. bit of a, a freak, really. So, yeah, I mean, he doesn't storm down the wing. He's a very different player from when he left United. And, but but he's a goal scorer. He's a number nine. He's a predator. Um, I see him, you know, the pace will be placed
1: around him with Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, Fernandez behind him. Let him stay between the posts. Let him stay between those posts and score 30 goals a season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Is it a case of how quickly do you reckon you could get a settled Front three, or is it a case he's going to be rotating it? Because that's the that seems to be the key for Ollie at the minute, isn't it? Just getting a, a just getting a consistent team out that is performing as well as they can.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think yeah, there will be a lot of rotation, obviously, um, uh, with the Champions League and the cups and the domestic cups. Um, I don't think he's settled on it, really. I mean, yeah, I mean he's he has you know that that cliche of every manager's problem that they want. He, he doesn't know his best starting lineup, and that will develop. But I mean, in terms of the well, he probably obviously he knows his first strength um, back four, uh, the midfield. There's a few questions over, but yeah, in terms of yeah, obviously Fernandez will start at ten. But then you've got Ronaldo, Cavani, Sancho, Greenwood, Rashford um you know there's a, there's a there's a hell of a lot of choice there so um yeah he'll, he'll rotate but um and it will come to the fore i mean you know people thought oh hang on this is stifling greenwood but greenwood's still 19 19 i mean he he's an incredible player but um you know he, he'll you know if he plays as well as he does and finishes as well as he does he will get plenty
1: of players. well he's, he's 19 and training with ronaldo and cavani every day i mean that's yeah. that, that's pretty good uh, grits i was going to say um we follow a lot of lower league football. You played in, in lower league football. Um, Do you think a three o'clock game against Newcastle, if it was to be televised, and there's been this debate over the week, if they start televising these and remove the watershed, do you think it would affect attendances at those lower league clubs? Have you ever seen any any evidence of that in your time? Oh,
0: it's, it's an interesting question. I, I, the sadness is, I suppose, towards the end of my career, it was when... People started having two teams, you know. <laughs> you get yeah, a, lot yeah. a lot of Stockport fans. When it's finished up at Stockport, there's a lot of Stockport fans. I had a certain affinity with City, um, and that's even before uh, City had all the money. So, on, yeah, so, you,
1: so I, you're saying that you joined the club, and suddenly fans were like, ah, I'm "Support someone else." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a, that, that sort of journeyman impact, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I. If, do you know what? i might I've Premier League attendances more than anything. I think that Premier League attendances. Have, have been dwindling and I think there's a reason for that you know I think they, they do make it more attractive thing as a broadcast proposition and and then um, that that is where the, the problem is for the Premier League actually getting people along to the games and you know making it affordable for people
1: yeah 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 you're right uh grits, do you give Newcastle any chance here or do you think this is going to be a you know Ronaldo steamrolling over everything in the same way he has done with the entire media for the last 10 days
0: don't you think this this that's the the Premier League throws up these things though, and teams like Newcastle are just the sort of ones to kind of bloody the nose. It's Steve Bruce coming back, you know, absolute zero chance and dragging the game down into some sort of, you know, waiting for that one opportunity and then taking it. But yeah, this is I'm going with yeah. <laughs> I hope it's a romantic one for, for United, only because I, I just like the way that it's been set up. But yeah, listen, don't underestimate Newcastle.
1: No, definitely not. Uh, right, another game happening this weekend. Ridiculously, again, at three o'clock. I don't know what's happened here. But it's Leicester City versus Manchester City. Two of the most interesting teams to watch in the division. The best team against... A, a pretty much a favourite of the podcast, isn't it, Leicester Grits? Um, Sam, how do you see this one going? What, what are the neighbours across the way? How, how Have you been impressed by the way they've started? Obviously, they lost at home to uh, Spurs. Or, sorry, away at Spurs. But they then scored ten goals without reply. Since is it a bit ominous?
2: Well, it's funny they've managed that without without um, Harry Kane. Obviously, they were desperate for, and without Cristiano Ronaldo, who they wanted as well. So that's the thing. You know, that was the ominous thing. For I think, I think, I think even neutrals probably were hoping. I, I, as a United fan, I was hoping that Kane wouldn't go there, and, and, and Ronaldo wouldn't, for obvious reasons. But I think neutrals were because City were so good without a recognised striker uh obviously that Aguero go but he didn't play much the thought of Kane and Grealish going there it would just it would have with you know even Lukaku going to Chelsea and United strengthening well they've got such a good system of structure that Peppers built you add on to that somebody who's going to get 30 goals and you know Jack Grealish behind him it, it would have been ominous and you see what they're doing without the striker um yeah, I mean, you know, they'll they'll be just as good as ever, and they'll they'll have a little bit of having missed out Ronaldo in a sense, and 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 they'll have that you know that that bit between your teeth to say, look, we don't need Kane, we don't need Ronaldo, we can do it without them. We did it last year, we'll we'll do it again. Um, so um, uh, yeah, they've started well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, you know,
1: the mishap with the with, with the Tottenham game, but I think
2: um, yeah, I think they'll have a very
1: strong season. But that also, that that's that Spurs. Game that that is their bogey team, pretty much. They always do yeah. poorly against Spurs, and they got it done in the first, got it out of the way, you know, early on. Um, Grits, uh, Leicester, talk me through them. Um, we've not seen much of Patson Daka yet, the striker we were looking forward to seeing. Is it a case that he's sort of third in line behind our boy Vardy and then Ian Acho, or do you think there'll be a point in the season where he comes to the fore?
0: Well, Ian has got to, uh, I mean, he's got to. Reinforce the work that he did last season, and, and kind of establishes himself as the starter at that. I would imagine, but you know, Vardy's just at that point. Vardy's just he's irresistible because you always want to throw him in, but you you have to think that he's going to start to um you know have to uh, more game management than anything. I mean, Lukman's a really interesting one because I think he yeah. you was know, such a such a talent, such a great signing. He was so good last him. season
1: as well for Fulham.
0: He is, and he knows you know haven't been able to have that impact at Fulham, but ha- with you know. With better players around him and you know less maybe attention uh, put on him I'm, re- I'm really excited to see what he can do but you know what with, with Leicester it's been about it's about finding that balance and um, you know with players like Madison Barnes you know getting their Tielemans, just getting the, the best ones out there and getting them in form um but yeah not an, you know not an easy game for city but y- you know what City can do to teams, and they'll just suff- they can suffocate them, and then just hit them very hard. And we didn't even talk about the Bruyne there. You know, of all the the players that we talked about him last week about him being able to play in that sort of not even a false nine, just playing Is up front the minute Is he not, injured at the moment? Yeah, but he purposefully missed the internationals to be back for the eleventh. So uh, okay, you know, right. I know that he, he he was training, but um, but yeah, I mean, again, they're they're not going to rush him back, or they certainly shouldn't rush him back with with all the negatives that he's had
1: over the last couple of years. No. Uh, before we go to a break, Sam, uh, I ask everybody this: Is this going to be Leicester's year to finish top four? Uh, they've they've to have fallen the they've fallen apart and fallen away the last couple of seasons when it has come to crunch time. Uh, is this season going to be any different for them?
2: It's, it's cruel, isn't it? Last two seasons, fourth on the final day and dropped out to fifth, and 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 uh, I mean. I'll say no because I think it's, you know City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. I know that's boring. That's really boring. And I'd love no. To, I agree. Yeah, I'd love to see Leicester win it again. You know, if United, I'm going to. And 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 in fact, that that that, that achievement in only 2016, it wasn't. It gets better and better with every passing. It feels like a hundred years ago. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I feel like you know it, it, it was. Oh, did that happen in the eighties? Less than one. Yeah, yeah. It was literally only five years ago, and it just gets better and better and better yeah. with every passing uh, year. I mean, absolutely incredible. But no, sadly, sadly not. I think they'll miss out again.
1: Okay, well, that's uh, that's it for the first half of the show. That bombshell there, Sam Pilger. <laughs> Uh, football writer from Forbes says, Leicester, no chance of staying up. After the break, we'll talk about uh, the rest of the games coming up this weekend, including uh, Arsenal and Norwich in a relegation scrap, uh, Chelsea-Villa. And uh, we're going to have to talk about Leeds United Liverpool. United versus Liverpool, which uh, sounds like a sort of big, the biggest game you could imagine in the 60s or 70s. But it's here, and we're looking forward to it. Right, after the break, we'll talk about all that. Welcome back to the Whistleblowers podcast. Uh, Martin, we'll talk about some more games this weekend, shall we? As it is a preview show and that's sort of the remit. Um, Let's start with Leeds United versus Liverpool. Uh, Whenever I see those two teams written down, it always feels like a throwback. Like I'm going to see some horrendous tackles and I'm going to see some fisticuffs. It doesn't happen anymore, but it should still be a good game.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean Bielsa's ability to to work out and and to put... A team out against some of the best teams and, and pit their wits against them. I, I think you know the addition of Dan James is interesting, but they've got class all over the park. Um, and, and, and Liverpool have to really go out and you know enforce their title credentials on this. So it should sh- be a good battle. But I, I, I never don't enjoy watching Leeds United play. Just you know because they don't yeah. they don't um, they don't leave anything out on the pitch.
1: Yeah, it's good, isn't it? They just don't let up. It's just constant. Even if they're getting pumped, uh, it's always still you know, like you say, they're just they're just completely committed. And uh, this could be Dan James' first game there. Um, talk to you, Sam, I mean, as a United man. I thought he was good for United. I think he, a lot of Twitter people, Twitter commentators, you know, took the piss a bit because he, maybe not as refined as some of the other United players, but I thought he did an excellent job uh, at very specific things when he played for Solskjaer.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I was at his debut against uh, Chelsea two years ago when he came as a substitute. in quite He Emotion- and scored, and it was quite an emotional moment because his, his father had died during his his transfer from... Um, uh, Swansea. You know? Swansea, that's right, yeah. came from Swansea to, to to United, and his dad had died during that process. And so it was a very emotional moment, and the players r- recognised that. So, um, But yeah, I mean, I think his problem was that he started too well. Then he scored against Southampton, scored a cracker against Southampton, yeah, yeah. and it's that silly thing that he started too well. So expectations went up. Um, and then they sort of levelled off and his actual goals and assist returns were, 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 weren't were great. But Solskjaer trusted him. It was that thing. I mean, obviously, as Martin will know, that that's everything. I mean, I'm writing a piece at the moment about um, Donny van der Beek, who, clear, who Solskjaer clearly doesn't trust. The opposite, yeah, yeah. You, you know, and it's about that trust. It is absolutely that trust. I trust you. I know what I'm going to get
1: from you. It's not just games, just, just regular games, is it? He trusted Dan James in some pretty crucial ties, pretty crucial absolutely. games. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And he um um, you know, as Van der Beek, sorry to bring it up again, it sat on the on, on the on the bench for the final. He trusted uh, James to come on and take a penalty in Europa League. Yeah. Um and and just and he, he knew what he was gonna get. I mean, my understanding was that that even he would have actually um preferred to keep James and and, and and cashed in on Anthony Martial, um, because <laughs> that level of trust that he knew what he was gonna get from him. Martial is yeah. a bit and enigma and he didn't know that there weren't any offers for Martial whereas Leeds were offering incredible 30 million where we're you know 25 million with a few add-ons which is incredible if you think that he was signed for 15 million he certainly hasn't doubled his value I suppose he's uh, well, to be a Premier League player but that, yeah. uh, that's an incredible United aren't the sellers but they've done well there.
1: they're terrible sellers yeah but it shows that there's something about Dan James that Bielsa has gone to the boards <clears throat> for specifically and wow, said, "Look, yes. this is a player I really, really want." And grits—that's that's so important as a player to know that you're wanted that much by a a manager as well respected as Bielsa. That must mean something, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. And and you know that you're being brought to a place to fit. We talk about trust, but also um, you've got a certain set of skills that the manager thinks will fit in. And, and you know, I was interested to see that you, know, Sancho, was sitting on the bench while he was starting ahead of him for United and. and sh- and the thing, I I somehow would well, some, not. Some I look at that and think, well, was that Ollie just putting him in the shop window, you know, just to make sure that yeah, P- yeah. he was playing? But, you know, either way, it's probably worked out best for all parties. Um, you know, and I wish him well and expect to see how he does.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, there's sort of plenty of talking points around this game, and I'm worried we're going to sort of not cover the rest of the fixtures, but here we are. Um, because in this in this game, we've got, we've got this whole storyline of Brazil and Brazilian football going through this one because it looks like, at the time of recording, we're recording this Wednesday just before the England game, uh, at the time of recording, uh, Rafinha won't be able to play for Leeds uh, and then for Liverpool, um, Alisson, Firmino and one more, uh, Fab- uh, Fabinho, won't be able to play for Liverpool. Uh, due to some ridiculous rule they've got about not letting players uh, play for five days after they've declined to turn up for Brazil national team. Um, I mean, read. I'm not explaining it very well there, listener. If you want to read up on that, do that. But this whole thing seems pretty farcical to me, Sam. Um, I don't really understand uh, why Brazil or the Brazilian Football Federation are doing this. Uh, And ultimately, it's just going to put a dampener on this game, isn't it, if the best players aren't playing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a bit of a punishment. Obviously, there's the rule in place that FIFA can enforce that it, it, it's there to act as a de- deterrent. That that you know, if you're not going to turn up when you've been called, um, yeah. then 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 there's a consequence to it. But I mean, you know, th- these rules weren't drawn up when there was a uh, a pandemic, as there still is. Um, so I think it's a bit, you know. Uh, a bit of a sledgehammer to crack a nut, and I think there should be more understanding at the time, especially as you saw what the you know what the Brazil Argentina game descended into. <laughs> so you know they yeah. were they were smart not not to a- a- attend. Um
1: it's ridiculous, play- though. It, it, if they'd sent the players, the players would have to then quarantine for ten days and miss more than one game. So I, it, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's just it just seems to me to be incredibly petty.
2: Yeah, and there's some there's some annoyance as well that that the. Um, so for United, it impacts them with Fred, which some might say isn't the worst thing, but <laughs> actually is in the sense that they don't, don't have too many CDMs. But um, yeah, United have got a Champions League game on the Tuesday. So mm. Fred will miss that too. But then Liverpool's, Champions League game is on the Wednesday and their they competition play. will play. So
1: just a quote. And Richarlison can play for Everton. They've given Richarlison special dispensation that he can still continue to play even though he didn't go to the internationals. Oh, well, like oh
2: really I didn't I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I mean this
1: can all change like the, the nature yeah. of podcasting whatever. This this could all change by Saturday, but as it stands yeah. these these are the rules and you know going forward they're going to have to sort something out here aren't they because there's there's quite a few international breaks this season.
2: Yeah, well these rules weren't designed when there was a a, a pandemic which, you know, the worst one for 100 years and and uh, um so yeah, there has to be some understanding, some leniency really. I mean, but, yeah, that's madness. These players aren't missing it because they can't be bothered, they're missing it, no. you know, for good reason, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um for Liverpool, uh, they look they look like a good side again. Uh, this season, uh, a big part of that it won't just be because of this, but a big part of that is their centre backs being fit and healthy. Grits, uh, Van Dyke being back. I feel like we say it every week already, but how you you're a striker, but to have sort of faith in the people behind you and behind them and behind them that that must mean a lot, right?
0: Yeah, he's the colossus, isn't he? I, 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 I Always, it's the starting point. If you've got if you've got that, you it gives the goalkeeper confidence. It doesn't just give you, it gives you the spine confidence, your sentiment fielders, your strikes. I mean, you know, particularly in the lower leagues. I mean, that was something that that was always a focus. But I mean, as a Celtic fan, I remember Van Dyke, you know, cutting his teeth in the Scottish Leagues before, you know, um, before really blossoming. But at the same time, just having the all the natural attributes that to, to make it up. And you don't often get that, you know, those imposing centre halves that uh, can dominate the league. I mean, uh, you know, we've got Sam on talking about, you know, talking about centre-halves that have always been, you know, imposing um, You know, between Rio and Vidic, that sort of partnership and and uh, I, saw, I saw you, uh, well, a piece about Jap Stam uh, recently that, that kind of, uh, your involvement at United, you must have covered him.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I went out, I think I was one of the first people from, I, it was when I was, I was um, working on Manchester United's official magazine Pre uh, pre social media internet and um, and so forth. So that was sort of a, a big deal. And I went over to Eindhoven to uh, to meet him uh, before he would signed for United, he was still playing for PSV Eindhoven and uh, at the training ground and, um, uh, and 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 met him and he, he was fantastic. And that started a, re- a relationship that carried on for the, the whole three years he was here, where I ghostwrote wrote his column kind of first for the Manchester United Magazine, then the Daily Telegraph. Liked it because he was very blunt and Dutch and said what he thought and, and and pretty good. The Daily Telegraph took it on and I went with him there and then. I did his personal website when uh, footballers had blogs and uh, that, that, oh, nice. that was the other thing. They didn't have Twitter accounts or Instagram. They they had they had blogs and I ghost wrote his column uh, there. When you, so
1: you I wrote, say ghost wrote, when you say ghost wrote, Sam, yeah. do yeah. you you can be honest with us? Do you mean he yeah. just wrote it all, or did yeah. did he but sit I, with you?
2: But I did it based on. Um, uh speaking to him i didn't make it up i never made it Okay, up. fine no oh. no no go, yeah yeah you know the writing process is pretty simple i would ring him i was in london most of the time or, or here and there He he lived in cheshire i'd ring him up and we'd have a chat and then on the basis of my notes i would turn it into yeah first person written piece yeah
1: would he would he read it first before you published
2: no, not really, because that would be too so he time. trusted he,
1: you then, really trusted yeah, you Yeah,
2: trusted yeah, yeah, he, uh, he was quite time consuming and 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 yeah, I knew yeah he 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 was good because he 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 was quite direct and and, and honest. um, I remember the first time I went to Eindhoven, and I sort of he it was funny because he broke the world record for a um for a a, a defender, and yet no one had kind of he, he wasn't you know, a big deal again. So my age, it was then there wasn't YouTube clips or something. Yep. Sam, it mm. was a bit like, Oh, who's this guy? Okay. Um, VHS yeah. tapes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, he could have, I think, yeah. So, so I, I said, you know, I, he said, Oh, I just played Ronaldo, the original Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah, he didn't give me too much problems. And yeah, he was fine. And I said, Well, what's...? so I would ask him, it, it maybe it showed my my ignorance at the time, but as I said, I said, Well, how would you describe yourself? He said, uh, you know, I said, he said, Yeah, maybe a little bit like Berezi and 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 uh, you know, I'm quicker than <laughs> I'm quicker than him and I'm quicker than Rikard. And yeah, I played. I played against Ronaldo. He didn't give me any problems. So, um, but it was said in that... You know, if an Englishman said that, it was said horribly arrogant. But in the Dutchman, yeah. it was just like,
1: yeah. You know. And also, to be fair, I mean, I know he's only in, in England for a short amount of time, but he won everything and looked absolutely unbelievable before he went... I mean, I, I'm not sure how he did it at Lazio because you don't see it as much. But yeah, he was unbelievable. And I think he definitely would be in that conversation of, of greatest ever Premier League centre-backs. Along oh, yeah, with absolutely. I mean, I, I, I obviously, I have a,
2: a, a personal... Bias and connection. But, yeah, I mean, his record, I I think it's unprecedented. He turned up, played three seasons in the Premier Premier League, won the Premier League every single year. In the first year, that included the Champions League and the FA Cup as part of the treble. Mm. And UEFA had, yeah, and UEFA brought in a, a, a best defender award, which he won in 1999 and 2000. Um, so yeah, there was a great quote by Mike, Mike Ingham from the BBC that he said, "Without um, Yapstam, Sir Alex would still be Alex." Um, and oh, great. Uh, well yeah, yeah <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. But, but yeah, I mean, he, he was he was immense in that team where there were so many great players. But but uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, you know, there's Vidic, Ferdinand, Terry, Van Dijk now. But but
1: uh, yeah. Great player, great blogger, I've heard. Um, let's talk about uh, Let's talk about Arsenal-Norwich. Um, before the break, I sort of teased this by saying it's a relegation scrap. I'm only sort of joking. Arsenal-so-far grits have been really, really awful. Uh, I know that they've played Chelsea and they've played Man City, but they also played Brentford and just didn't look at the races at all. A lot of talk about this game against Norwich being one that could define the short-term future of Mikel Arteta. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I'd I'd say so. There's two ways to look at it. I mean, you know, if they get beat by Norwich, how can how can this position be tenable? But at the same time, you know, they they're going to click. Those players, they've got there's so much quality in there. It's just can you find the right combination? And have they got some quality though? Well, I think they have. I think they've got quality players, but there's the desire. The thing is, you have to rely on players like T N E and a few others that have got that heart and that spirit, and everyone's got a rally behind them. But they haven't. They haven't got that much experience at that level uh, or, or that side, so you know people are easy to doubt. For that reason, Norwich should smell blood. I mean, Norwich should be there. Going, these guys are there for the taking. You know, so Definitely. both teams are going to both teams are going to think they can win it, and that's always the best outcome for for the fan or for the new. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think you're right. I also think an early goal, or well, it, it, the first goal, if it's scored by Norwich, the Emirates is going to turn on them and turn on them quickly. Uh, and that that can become a real problem i mean they're not they're not the loudest crowd um but i think if it's a negative vibe i think they'll they'll definitely make their voices heard um sam norwich have had a tough start to the season as well but there's i think there's some optimism there isn't there there's some, spent quite a lot of money this time around they got some good players into the building they got billy gilmore on loan as well do you give them any chance of first of all getting a result against arsenal but also of sort of bucking the trend of getting relegated immediately every time they come up, well,
2: I, th- I think so. I think they
1: they would have learned because
2: obviously they came up, got relegated, and, and have, have come straight back. Didn't change their manager, have the same same stability. Um, yeah, Norwich is a great club. I've got a soft spot for them and and, and Carrow Road. I think it, you know, I think they're a Premier League club. Um, and yeah, I hope they stay up. And, and on Saturday uh, or this weekend, rather. I mean, I think. Yeah, Arsenal—they've spent so much money on on what's a polite word, not professional drop.
1: footballers. Yeah,
2: you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, it's almost yeah, you know, fifty million pounds. I mean, Ben White might turn out to be a, a good signing. That seems a lot of a lot, a lot of money, and they've spent a lot of money. And there's no—I think they've spent a lot of money, and there's just no one to excite the fans. Um,
1: yeah, it doesn't help that Odegaard's already been there, so so that yeah, excitement true, true. you've already sort of had that,
2: yeah, yeah, and I and I and I think, um, I think they've got to stick with Arteta, really. I know if they lose to Norwich, <laughs> that'll be that will be incredible and in four defeats, but you don't give a man 150 million plus to spend and then four games, so I, I think he'll. He'll he'll have uh, he'll have longer
1: than that, yeah. So, well, I'd have got rid of him. I mean, I think he's in for a little bit longer now because I think Grits. We said maybe two weeks ago. If you're going to get rid of him, you get rid of him at the international break to give the new manager ten days to work with them. And that hasn't happened, so I think he's going to have at least until Christmas, unless this awful run continues, um, which it, it might do. Uh, Grits, where do you see? Ars- I'll ask you both this: Where do you see Arsenal finishing this uh, this year, realistically? Oh, I think. The, How many think teams are half- better than them? The top half will fly past them, but you can you can get up
0: to mid-table pretty quickly in this league. So show, I mean, mid-table yeah. will be happy with that. I mean, you know, they could sneak into the eighth, or ninth. But it's, yeah, it's looking that's promising. Well, fourth in the race though. I know, but I mean, you know, anything from anything from seven down is gettable. Once you uh, start getting to the business end, that they get on a run. But I mean, that's asking a lot
1: right now. Sam, give me a number where they're finishing. Ninth. All right, that's pretty optimistic. I was expecting you to say 15th or 16th. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, Grit's a team that you know well, given that you work at the London Stadium. West Ham, uh, away at Southampton. Sadly, that's Gareth's That's Gareth's famous uh, favourite team in this division, apart from Spurs. Southampton, West Ham. Um, I'm hard to know what to say about this one. Southampton didn't look good at the start of the season, but have got some pretty good results since then. Uh, West Ham just looked like so much fun to watch. Uh, what do you see happening here? Well,
0: oh, it'd be interesting to see uh, if any of the new signings start because they've got such a solid setup at the minute. So um, interesting. Uh, West Ham, uh, you Blassett. mean? Yeah, West Ham. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, but Southampton on their own turf. I mean, you never quite know what you're going to get with them, but they can um, they can unpick any side. But I just West Ham are just kind of everyone knows their jobs. And the thing is, as soon as you introduce a slightly different element. Because, you know, you can see Dawson making way for Zuma, but the problem with that is uh, Dawson's endeavour and his attitude and his spirit is half the thing about him. And yeah, that's yeah. infectious with the other players around him, where Zuma might come in and have a little bit of complacency, but I'm making, you know, absolute
2: yeah, speculation yeah, but, but, on but, that. But,
1: but, but I, I, they're I, a good I, group though, aren't they, is, is, is the key group, thing. Yeah. They're a really good group. And, and introducing any player to, to that mix, could backfire in theory, couldn't it? So you bring in a few at a time, there's more chance of that happening. Um, Are you disappointed, we'll talk to Sam about this in a second, but are you you disappointed that the Lingard deal didn't get done, but also that they didn't get a striker in?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the striker thing is, is, you know, is is an ongoing thing, but they're not wasting money on players that they don't think are going to be good enough. You know, Haller and and other ones have come and gone at very expensive um, price tags. Uh, I I think the business... um, with Lingard, I think ben Rama you know, for him to have established himself as a starter so quickly is, you know, meant that they weren't forced. And they're not going to sign, I mean, it's shrewd business maybe, but they're not going to overpay. And Lingard's well, who, going to be desperate at Christmas.
1: Yeah, that's true. But who is who's Vlasic going to replace then? Is he going to start or is it is it sort of him and Yarmolenko fighting out for the same sort of first place on the bench? Or is Bowen going to drop out? I don't really see where he fits in for a player that's come in with quite a bit of fanfare.
0: Well, they always need impact players, and this is the problem because you got sixty minute players. But the way about the speed that Blowing plays at, he's always going to blow up at some point. I mean, the guy's got yeah. great energy, but two games a week you, when we start getting into that in Europa. Um, plus Antonio, you take yeah, Antonio off and then you just flip to two up front. I mean, there's lots of options, but yeah, it's a shame they'll go an out next striker, but if you are an out-and-out striker, you don't want to be sat playing 20, 30 minutes every week. I mean, didn't do Andy Carroll any good. So, um, do you take your boots
1: to the to the office, grits at the London always, Stadium? Always, mate.
0: Yeah, just 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 sneak on the bench there, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I'd
1: fancy to score a few in that team, you know.
0: The I'm stick, not really mate. joking.
1: That <laughs> maybe just
0: pop Dawson's shirt on. I've, I've got the same uh, sort of like <laughs> the same speed and gait at the minute, but yeah, no, I I, yeah. I do enjoy this West Ham team because I get to watch them. But um, but yeah, it's, it's you know. It's uh, Yeah, it's interesting to see these sort of games because these are the ones that are the, are the ones you've got to win. I mean, they did it to get away at Newcastle at the, the beginning. They didn't look like getting beat. Let's see if they do the same against Southampton.
1: Yeah, it's, it, everyone can sort of raise their game against United or Chelsea or whatever. It's, it's these games, isn't it? These are the what should be a bread and butter series of fixtures for a team with top four aspirations. Sam, um, let's get your opinion on, on Lingard. So, he didn't move during the window. Window closed. England games came and he played... Played in those, or played in one of them at least, um, and and it came out I think today or yesterday that he's not going to sign an extension with the club. Um, first of all, what's your reaction to that? But secondly, what do you what do you make of his options then for for the future? Is it is it right? Do you think do you think Gritz is right that something might happen at Christmas?
2: Find um, yeah, I, I find it a bit curious to be to be honest. I mean, when he went to West Ham on loan, West Ham put in wanted to put in a a fixed fee of fifteen million at The end of the contract, and United refused quite smartly because by the end of it, obviously, his contract scored nine something, nine goals, five assists. He scored more goals in half something season his man than he'd ever in the full season for United. Incredible form, absolutely flying. And United thought, look, we can probably get 25 million for it. Um, I expected that transfer to happen all summer long, right up until deadline day. Um, I thought, you know, he doesn't have a future at United. United would buy Sancho, and they obviously bought um ronaldo since and um i just and thought, bruno
1: doesn't get dropped because Bruno no, of bruno. course
2: of course not and so and, and you know there's pogba and there's and you know van de Beek and lots of other uh attacking players and um you know social quite likes him but united needed to raise funds and i thought he was nailed on to be 25 million to west ham i thought 25 million to west ham all summer long and the transfer window came and went, and it didn't happen. Now, of course, he's got a year to go on his contract. He's turned down a United contract. The only reason he was offered a contract by United was so they wouldn't miss out on a transfer fee. Uh, but they missed out this summer by not selling him. And I'm surprised, obviously, West Ham tried to. I don't know why they didn't go there. And, or I'm surprised other clubs didn't try to either, really. A 28-year-old England international who's scoring two goals for England you know, and, yeah, like, and off
1: the back of that season, like you say, off the back yeah, of that half season, yeah, where it was unbelievable. Yeah. And United have also had their fingers burnt before with this whole notion of getting on the new contract to retain their value. They've done this with Smalling, they did it with Phil Jones, who's still yeah. at the club. No, You'd no, have thought no. they might learn the lesson, but but no, who not, knows? No. Grits, would you be would you be um, disappointed to see Lingard go to an, a different club that isn't West Ham? Oh no, I
0: think I think he's got to play, hasn't it? It's crazy. It's crazy that he's not playing. The problem is he's wasted either by holding out for too much money or um, not forcing it through. You know, he's got to be playing. We've seen that. And um, yeah, an absolute waste of a talent, uh, particularly off the back of that. I mean, the international break just showed you that it wasn't just a flash in the pan. He started out of the blocks again this season. And um, yeah, I really hope he gets playing. I just like seeing players like that play football and proving people wrong.
1: Yeah, right. We're going to leave it there. Uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Sam Pilger, thank you very much for uh, joining us, filling in so brilliantly for Gareth Dobson. Where can we find you? Have you got anything to plug?
2: Yeah, online. You know, Twitter as ever we've got a piece on Ronaldo for this weekend, and, and less glamorous Donny Van der Beek being left on the bench. So yeah, look out for that.
1: It's a slam van, van der Beek that way. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Check out Sam Pilger. Grits, what you got to plug for us? Anything? Nothing. Nothing, mate. What? you plug nothing man just go on my twitter have a look there's nothing on there yeah <laughs> just a few dumb jokes right we'll be back same time same place next week on the whistleblowers if you like the show don't forget to and tell your friends or retweet it or do whatever it is you kids do these days nice one i've been mark smith that's been martin gritt and that's been sam pilger bye this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcast visit playbackmedia.co.uk sports social podcast network